Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast, hosted by yours truly. It's Joshua Figara. What's going on, everybody? As you saw from the thumbnail, we have Jaime Rivera on to talk about his favorite tech from 2019. He has a lot of really good insights, and I already shared mine in the previous episode, along with all of yours in the comments section. So I will also respond to all of your comments at the end of this episode. But first, I do want to get through one big piece of news that just happened, uh, and it's kind of exciting because it's a precursor to everything we probably will be seeing in 2020. It's kind of crazy to think about it because we only just recently got to know the Oppo Reno line, and now we're already in almost the same year on the third iteration. The Oppo Reno 3 and the Reno 3 Pro were announced. They're going to be made available in China, and not to be outdone, Oppo is making sure they're available for 2020 by releasing them on December 31st. It's crazy because I was just covering, with Jaime even, the Oborino 2 uh, while we were in Japan in June. And then not too long before that was the Oborino 10x Zoom, which itself was an exciting phone uh, that we were excited to get and see what the future would hold. And now the future is already here. So what are the takeaways from this device? The Reno 3 and the Reno 3 Pro are both 5G ready. They have different chips though, and I think that's the part that's really exciting. We're going to end up getting, even earlier than we expected, a look at how the 765G is going to power some of the affordable uh, mid-range phones of 2020, only it's coming in 2019 somehow. And this is something that I've talked about even on my own channel, that the 765G is the chip to look out for. It's the one that you want to be looking for in a smartphone because once you see it in the spec sheet, that phone is probably not going to be over $1,000. And to that end, Oppo is making the Reno 3 line available. All of these phones are under $600. So if you convert the currency from Chinese Ruan, of course. Some of the big specs include 4,000 milliamp hour batteries, 30 watt charging, and in the Oppo Reno 3 Pro, uh, you do get 90 hertz refresh rate screen with a hole punch 32 megapixel selfie camera. The camera on the back, and let's just take a second to appreciate how this looks. It actually is a pretty good looking device because all of the cameras are just in a line, nice and neat. And what you get there is a regular 48 megapixel unit, a 13 megapixel zoom, an ultra wide, and a two megapixel monochrome sensor. The monochrome sensor is making a comeback. That's nice to see. So yeah, I just wanted to be sure to react to this a little bit. It is a great thing that we're going to get a 765G sooner than we expected. And then of course, we have to wait for what the 865 is going to be, and that's going to be coming out of Xiaomi's camp with the Mi 10. At least that's what they said at the Qualcomm Tech Summit not too long ago, which is where we were. I think in the grand lexicon of things, we'll just go ahead and consider this phone as a 2020 device, uh, mainly because it's coming out literally on the very last day, and then there's probably going to be some launches later on uh, for global scales. Uh, that way we can actually get our hands on the phone outside of the Chinese ROM that they'll have on there. Oh, and of course, it would be good to have the phone with Google Play services. But with all of that said, we're going to go ahead and get into our discussion with Jaime Rivera, who, by the way, is the main person that I want to put up for the tech community roundup. I'm still super jealous that he was able to get this particular phone. The main thing to take away from the 70 Pro is the fact that it is 5G capable. So Jaime gives his thoughts on the 5G experience and also just the experience in general from the 70 Pro. Everyone is putting out their best of 2019 videos. There are a couple of them that I really liked, including Matt Moniz, who didn't only look at uh, the tech that he loved from 2019, but he actually gave a look at what he was carrying every day in 2019, a little bit of a retrospective. He even went so far as to say that he was using the original AirPods and then moved on to the AirPods Pro, of which I actually have a review on now over at my channel as well. 
I just realized I had Matthew Moniz on, on my screen back here. Uh, that's kind of funny. I just got done watching his video. That's why I wanted to add it to this episode. So shouts out to you, Matt. And there are way more categories than just smartphones and tech uh, as far as 2019 best ofs are concerned. And gaming is another one. I want to give one quick shout out to The Completionist, Gerard The Completionist, who did a really fun top 10 over on his channel of the best 2019 games. I won't spoil anything, but there are a couple of surprises in his list. I can't really say what my favorite game of the year is because, to be honest, all the games that came out in 2019, I have a bunch of them. I haven't finished any. But with all of that said, why don't we go ahead and get Jaime Rivera onto this episode. Let's talk about some of his favorites of 2019. What was your favorite thing in 2019 and why is it the Pixel 4 XL? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. This is going to sound so bad because uh, if you watch my review... It's the first time that I felt like this about this particular product since the version 4. We're now at 11 Pro. Mm. iPhone 11 Pro. I would even say that I prefer the iPhone 11. I just didn't bring it with me on this trip. Um, but uh, it's. I can't believe that I'm going to give this one to an iPhone. But I will. Because it's definitely... Well, the iPhone 10 was ahead of its time in a lot of things that I didn't really care about. I didn't really care about, you know, the display design. I didn't care about all those things. What I did care was the camera, and they got it wrong. Um, and, dude, like, if you watch my comparison versus Pixel 4 XL, this phone obliterates the Pixel in every way, from low-light photography to video. Battery life is actually decent now. Um, yeah. I'm, I, I can't believe that I'm actually using an iPhone. In the past, it was my crutch phone because I would have to, I, I use a Sennheiser clip mic for the daily. And so I would need an iPhone, whether I liked it or not. And so it was my secondary phone because of the second reason that I liked, it was the second product that I would say that I liked this year is the Apple Watch Series 5. I actually preferred mm -hmm. Series 4. Series 5 has terrible battery life. Um, but I am an Apple Watch user, uh, particularly like the workouts. And now that I've been doing the Peloton bike and it actually syncs with the watch like perfectly and it includes it as an activity <laughs> workout. So it's like so bad. I'm like, crap, man. Like these guys know you how would have you, you would have a fitness ecosystem. Let Dude, me just put that out. Yeah. There. <laughs> and so here's the thing, like, uh, Mark Linsangen, uh, David, David Kogan, like a couple of us are on, you know, the whole activity tracking thing and we keep ourselves in check. And I find that to be really cool. Cool. I feel I feel that you know companies like Google they really need to they really need to go back to the drawing board with Google Fit they just do um, it's a yeah. terrible service if anything the other watch that I've been testing right now which is over here across the board I did not recommend Huawei Watch GT the first one the second one it's like if I had to choose between this and a Garmin I prefer this honestly whoa really yes yes because they fixed the notification issue. Um, they actually do. Um, um, they actually do train zone information now, and you know it's not as complete as as Wear OS, but then it's not as crappy as Wear OS. I haven't charged this watch in a week. And it's still got 40% battery. I've actually been using it for my trainings. You know, one of the Huawei pe people were like, just give it a try. We know you didn't like the first one. And I'm like, all right, fine, send it. And oh my God, I cannot. Well, first of all, the watch is gorgeous. But it's just the fact that it actually, this is the other watch that I would use for fitness right now. And this is coming from a guy wow. that used the Garmin Phoenix 5, by the way. Obviously, no, if you're a triathlete, use your Phoenix. That's your watch. 
Um, but for yeah. everybody that, you know, trains an hour a day, um, you want to see your training zone, you want to know what kind of calories you're burning, not even the Apple Watch provides that information. And I really like that about the Huawei Watch. And it actually, it's like on par with the Apple Watch and calorie counting. It's like one-on-one, nice. like perfect heart rate, and it's persistent heart rate monitoring. So my God, I'm like a whole week of battery life with persistent heart rate monitoring is insane. You're not even Fitbits mm-hmm. do that. So it's, it's really good. Really, really you make good. A, you, make a, you make a really good point about 2019 stuff right now because I can't even remember the last time I used a Wear OS device. Oh my God, they're so bad, dude. Like I really want, I, uh, like, I, like I did a video on the Puma watch and I, 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 think, I think that they're heading in the right direction now that they've got Puma on board because they need a fitness brand to teach them fitness. I'm like, listen, man, fair. nobody's going to be uh, training and counting just push-ups separately. Like people do more things than just push-ups. N- have you ever seen a human being do just 100 push-ups and that's all you do for training? Whoever does that does not do fitness. That's just it. Um, yeah. But, you know, the problem is I, ha- I have so many problems that I've loved in 2019. I can't even believe it. The third product, and you're not going to believe... I could not believe this because I hated... <laughs> I hated AirPods 1. They were trash. Trash. You know what the problem is? <laughs> the problem is when you fly as much as I do, when you have a pair of these bows, uh, the 700s. The 700s. Mm-hmm. And when this noise cancellation is just as good, I could still not f- believe oh. it. I could not believe it. I was like, no, it's no, good. I am going to be, this is going to sound so fanboyistic. So yes, if you're on a trip to China <laughs> and you need battery, then yeah, you wear these. But I'm going to travel to CES just with these. I cannot believe these AirPods Pro are so good. I, I, I agree that they're. Re- I agree that they're really good. I'm still on the fence about because I just did my review on them. Finally, a I, saw ago. I saw I, your video. I saw your video. Thank you. Um, I still don't know if it's as good as the Bose 700 or the Sony. Dude, to be honest. they are the noise Dude, cancellation. I mean. Listen, I have the other day. I made a flight literally wingside when I was coming back from Maui, and I was like, I just, I was so tired, aka hungover, uh, and I just didn't want to. Pull down my bag, pull down the 700s. I was like, whatever. I just got the AirPods out. I put them on. And then I enabled. It's funny because there are two things that I like about them. I love the the Uh, Mm pass-through. I love doing that pass-through because if I'm doing a phone call, you don't feel like sucked in. And so when I'm doing phone calls, I like it to be, you know, uh, pass-through. But then on a plane, I was like, no, this can't be. And I, I even felt that the suction was like really strong. And I'm like, this feels almost like the Bose. Damn it. I can't believe these guys finally figured it out. Crap. I, you know, I just, I hate it because AirPods 1 are so terrible. So bad. And yet <laughs> yeah, these guys get it right. And dude, I've got the Sonys. I've got, I, I think that the only other ones that I would recommend are the Jobbers, the Elite 75Ts. I adore those headphones. I use them yeah, for fitness every right. day. Um, these would be my two. Um, but yeah, that would be it. Runner-up phone, because I yeah the <laughs> Galaxy yeah. Oh, Note actually, this... Ten Plus. So I recorded I recorded the other segments of this podcast already before we got on this call. What was the name of that color again? Can you do you remember Aurora Glow? Aurora Glow. It was Glow. I couldn't remember. Some, I called like it just that. Aurora. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so like no that. 10 plus, like no um, 10 plus. So I, I literally, uh, and I'm, I actually have two runners up. The first one, from a value perspective, I think that the best bang for buck phone this year is 70. 70. Okay. I, 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 I disagree on your Pixel 3a. I feel that for five ninety nine, <laughs> it, listen, like the two best bang for buck phones right now. Like if you're on a really tight budget, like I would even recommend that you look at the Redmi phones, like the K20 Pro or stuff like that. I'd agree with that if they were available in the U.S. Well, yeah, the and then the, but then the Pixel 3a is not available in, in a lot of places in Asia, and so. Um, so I'll tell you this much. Um, it's just there are so many good phones this year. OnePlus 7T, you know, flat screen, great battery life. The cameras are actually decent with, with the exception of video recording and the selfie video, which is not my favorite. But everything else, man, 90 hertz refresh rate, everything like that is like the no holds bar phone. And then I would give it to the iPhone 11. Just man, five, what, what was it? $699 is the price? For iPhone 11, I so. yeah, and, and the, especially now, and then you can get extra storage for like 50 bucks. I was like, Whoa, man, these guys! I'm like, Apple just pulled it's funny. Did you see the article that Sam Rutherford posted on Gizmodo? Sam is our buddy, he posted Apple just pulled a McDonald's, and it's so true. Like, they've got all these like great options, but then they've got the value pack, which is the iPhone 11, and it's killing it, man. <laughs> it's just it's killing nice. it. But then if I would tell you what phones I use right now and which phones I'm ending the year with and which phones I'm bringing to CES, well, I wanted to bring that 7T Pro 5G McLaren, but T-Mobile wanted it back, so all right, whatever. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, you chose 7T but not the Pro. I was like, that, that McLaren, though, come on. Yeah, no, the McLaren is cool, but I had to send it back, and I'm kind of bitter yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of bitter about it. But no, it's like, all right, fine, I'll send it back, whatever. Uh, it's the same way I feel about the Galaxy Fold. <laughs> I just, I can't, oh, I, I, right. can't, I can't be emotionally invested with products I have to send back. It's just, no. Yeah. Never mind. And you know what? I, th that was partially, uh, if, I, if I can get a little bit meta, I did say this in last week's episode also. Um, partially the reason why I actually picked the devices that I picked is because I did buy them with my own money. Mm -hmm. So... Do I, if I if I regretted the purchase, then I would have said so, but I don't. So I get it. No, for me, it's like the fold is cool, but it's still ahead of its time, and it's a good, it's a great tablet. It's a terrible phone. So for me, if I had to pick like my two favorite products, the one that I'm ending the year with in my pocket now, iPhone 11 Pro, pretty much my personal phone for a lot of things, and then in everything else for work and everything i love this note 10 plus man i just they nailed the battery life i adore the s pen i actually do use it um and it's just a lot of things i'm not a fan of one ui but it's just i love having a note i love having a phablet that i can use for more than just having this large chunk in my pocket because that we need for the excuse of battery life like i feel that this has been that year where you don't have to worry about that from a lot of companies except Fair. google Except the oh one. yeah, that's true. All right, except for the the three A though, just saying battery yeah. life on that wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah. All right, so <laughs> other products. Okay, I actually am going to do CES with this sling bag, Peak Design Sling Six Liter. Thank you for recommending this, Josh. I adore this bag to death. This is what I want to use. Like I I do use the twenty liter, which I've got here on a daily basis Oof. it's just it's chunky it's 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 big it's everything it's cool 
But I have been able to, because I can fit my 11-inch iPad Pro on this thing with the keyboard, plus my camera, lens, like microphone, like battery pack, everything. I'm like, God, I love this damn thing so much. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just, dude, it's been such a good year. Like, I remember years where it's like, everything's been like, meh, you know, nothing's been great. Nothing's mm-hmm. been amazing. And then this year, it's just like if companies are like, all right, let's cut the excuses and let's just focus on coming up with really cool things. And so we got a lot of innovation from foldables, but they're still ahead of of their time. We got a lot of innovation on 5G, but yes, right now, each carrier has deployed different parts of it. So T-Mobile's got the low band. Yeah, Sprint has got the mid band. And then Verizon's doing the millimeter wave. And so it's like right now, I feel that the one that's got the best formula is T-Mobile. Because it's, you know, it's it's not really as complicated and they're using, I believe they're using their 600 megahertz spectrum for it. Um, and obviously the moment they do that merger with Sprint and they, they nail that low and mid band, they're going to kill it with sub six right there. And all they're going to need is the millimeter wave element, which is just going to bring those blazing speeds after that. So we've got a lot of innovation, but it's, you know, unless you want to get that, uh, you know, 5G McLaren, which I do recommend you get, you know, over time as T-Mobile adds more things, the phone is capable of everything. Um, and so you will have the most future-proof phone right there. Um, but uh, well, you can get you you can get the Note 10 plus 5G if you're up for it. It's just that there's like a $500 price difference. Um, but no, like right now we've got that. I just I wish that I could say that my favorite product uh, is of 2019, but it's not because it's going to be launched until 2020, and it's that Razor. <laughs> oh, the Razor, yeah. I mean, dude. I think that a lot of people are looking at that as a th- like. Okay, the the term is throwback, but we did get a lot of comments from last week's episode that foldables, like while they might have been exciting, let, let me ask it's, you. It's this. weird because none of them ask, actually achieve the things that people want. What do you like the most about that Pixel Three A? The the size. That's what it is. Okay, that's why so, I picked the Three A and not the Three A X. So so the thing about it is, in the case of the Three A. It's just, it's got everything you need and it does it well. And here's the thing, in the case of that Razer, with the exception of the cameras, like I I can't wait for XDA developers to tear that thing apart and give us like the the Google camera to work on that thing or something. (laughs) I can't wait for that uh, because it's a single sensor in in the same way. Um, But honestly, I, I feel that the company that nails the foldable best is Motorola. From a design perspective, from a usability sure. perspective, I'm like, it's cool to have a tablet in my pocket. I just, I don't, I don't see myself carrying a tablet all the time. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you know, tablets yeah, are not. If you as- don't already, if you don't already do that, like just having a foldable that comes out to it, like you know, that use case is still kind of specific. Is the problem right? I feel that the company. I, I feel that Sam. I'm, you know, I, I I congratulate Samsung and Huawei for daring to do it. I still find the Mate X to be the best design, even if it's the most fragile. The fact that if that screen falls on itself, it's dead. Um, But it's just, it's a phone when you need it, and it's literally the size of a Note 10 when closed. It's a tablet when you need it, and it's like a Kindle Oasis. Whereas in the case of the Galaxy Fold, my biggest problem is that it's a great tablet. It's not a good phone, and I need it to be a good phone. That's the problem, that most of my usage is of a phone. 
And so if you think about how much time you spend using a tablet, I feel that that's that's what miss that's the missing link. You know, the fact that Samsung went so small on that external screen and I get it because they wanted to incentivize you to use the outside and I'm like, dude, if I already paid $2,000 for this thing, like who what do you care how much time I spend on the outer screen, damn it? Just give me something usable, you know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Which is why probably, you know, we're we're seeing like the the leak of the Fold 2. And I'm actually more excited about that than the than the current Fold, to be same, honest. Same, same. Honestly, yeah. I, honestly, I feel I, you know, we did not need clamshell cell phones, but they were really cool. They were yeah, really cool. Absolutely. And so right now, do we need a foldable? No. But the that Razer is really cool. Is the Is the Galaxy Fold cool? Yes, it is. Like, it really is. And, uh, you know, I get a lot of the design perspective. Um, I just I'm really enthusiastic about 2020, honestly, because um, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I, I hope like from a photography perspective and video perspective, iPhone 11 Pro, its capabilities are insane. Like they just yeah. are um, like right now, if you want to get into vlogging, if you if, like if you want to start your YouTube channel right now, all you need is a DJI Osmo. And get a get an iPhone 11. That's all you need, literally yep. all you need. For with 800 bu- 800 bucks, you have like the perfect vlogging kit right there. It's good enough. Sure, it's not gonna be good for low light. Like if, like you can't beat physics. Hey, you want to go buy yourself a Panasonic G7 for low light? Do that, uh, and that's still gonna be affordable. But honestly, like for the run the mill vlogging, my God, that iPhone 11 is gonna be perfect. Um, so yeah, yeah, I agree. I just I feel that a lot of companies. It's funny who was it that did that review? I think it was Dieter Bone on The Verge, where it's like it's like if Apple like it's like if they finally listened to their customers. I, I feel that a <laughs> lot of companies did that this year. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think that in 2020, especially from the iPhone camp, uh, if the cameras are already good, if uh, daily usage is already pretty good, just an updated design, I think, would be our next step. Yeah, um, I do think I do think that something a little bit more, a little more daring would be amazing as long as the core functions are are good. We're talking about cameras for a little bit, and before we sign off on this particular segment, by the way, again, thank you, Jaime, for coming on. Oh. Um, what what is up with that shirt? You have a GH five. Oh, on your so chest. no, what not, is going not on just here? that. It's a GH five. This is actually one of my birthday gifts from somebody very special. That's so cool. And it's the this is the Honduran flag. That is awesome. Yeah, I know. Actually. I, I, it wasn't until like eighteen minutes. Like, well, uh, eighteen minutes now. Eighteen minutes in that I looked at your chest and I was like, "Hold on, that's a GH5." Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I, I, I was like, "Oh man, this is so awesome." It was a really good friend that gave gave this to me, and uh, you know, I, I I try to use it as much. And honestly, it's it's um I've been using a lot of ripped apparel T-shirts. I want to see how much like local other things, you know, not necessarily just pop culture T-shirts, I could start using because I find this to be like really cool. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, there you go. Jaime Rivera's best of 2019. Um, Again, if you want to continue letting us know what your favorites were of 2019, go ahead and get into the comment sections down below. But we did that last week, and I'm going to respond to your comments after this upcoming break. But it's at this point that I will tell everybody, you know what? Let's have a discussion in the comments this week about what you're looking forward to in 2020. And, you know, as a bit of a bonus, what your resolutions are for 2020. Uh, Off camera, Jaime and I were already talking about a couple of them, so... (laughs) (laughs) Mostly fitness oriented, to be honest, but we'll 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 get to that at some point. 
Today's show is sponsored by Caseta Smart Lighting Control from Lutron, pioneers in smart home technology. A lot of people think you need smart bulbs to get smart lighting, but there is a smarter way. Caseta Smart Dimmers and Switches replace the switch in your wall so that all of the lights controlled by that switch will act smart. Think about all the places in your home where one switch controls multiple bulbs, things like ceiling lights, chandeliers, bathrooms, and more. With Caseta, you'll save money by replacing the switches instead of all those bulbs. Now, smart bulbs are only smart while the switch is on. If someone flips it off, you can say goodbye to smart control and connectivity. But Caseta switches are always smart even if the switch is off. With Caseta dimmers, you don't need to buy smart bulbs to enjoy smart lighting. You can actually get the best of both worlds. Smart lighting control from an app or your voice and control right at the switch. I was gone from home for quite a while, not too long ago, but I still had my main lamps in my home set up with the Caseta switch. That way they would turn on in certain hours of the night to make it seem like people were home, even though I clearly was not. It's a nice safety thing and I could still control those lights even when I was abroad. So you can get smart lighting the smart way with Caseta by Lutron Smart Switches. Learn more about Caseta at Lutron.com weekly. That's Lutron.com weekly. All right, let's go through some of your comments from last week, or rather the last episode, where I talked about some of my favorite 2019 uh, pieces of tech. Now, one thing that I did say was that I was really into the Nintendo Switch Lite, and I felt like it didn't get enough attention from some of the tech YouTubers that we all know. Uh, but yeah, a lot of you kind of agreed. But actually, I would be remiss if I did not start this off by acknowledging the fact that I said it was Celsius, 70 degrees Celsius here in SoCal. Uh, my bad. <laughs> it's not really something that I use very often here in the U.S., of course. But like some people said, uh, metrics easily understandable by 95% of the world's population. Yeah, I know. Um, that's how you know I was not in the U.S. for a long time prior to that episode. My favorite tech is Nintendo Switch revision with a longer battery life. I agree with that one. Uh, the new Switch that came out with a bigger battery, that is huge for portability. But like I was saying in that last episode, the Nintendo Switch Lite is to me the pinnacle of mobile gaming and it does a really great job of complementing an already existing Nintendo Switch that you might have, I don't know, connected to uh, a TV at all times. Especially if you're the kind of person that records your gameplay, it's nice to have that Switch there uh, and then it's connected all the time to your internet. Uh, maybe it's connected to the TV and also to some sort of computer at all times so that when you want to record some gameplay, you can. But then when you're just looking to play, you have the Nintendo Switch Lite. Call of Duty, PUBG, and Fortnite are not the pinnacle of gaming in 2019, even though they were famous. I never said that, uh, to be fair. Uh, I do like those games, and I do think that they are really fun, especially if you're into that kind of gameplay. Uh, what I was saying was that those games, if they appeared in the Nintendo eShop, can you just imagine having those games on a Nintendo Switch Lite, which already has a lot of indie games that you find on mobile and all of Nintendo's library available to it. And then once you add these games onto there, which are one of the only things missing, it really is the pinnacle of mobile gaming at that point. Pixel 3a is clearly one of the most important phones of 2019. Mine is great, and I got the astrophotography mode. Yeah, Pixel 3a is great, and you'll notice that I did not really talk about this in this episode, but there are some leaks, apparently, of the Pixel 4a, and it might have a teardrop notch. Uh, it definitely has that, or rather the renders, definitely show that camera on the back. Uh, it's not something I wanted to cover on here, because I'd rather wait for some more substantial news to be coming from there, rather than just some leaked renders. Favorite tech of the year for me was the Galaxy Note 10 Plus. On paper, the phone sounds enormous, but once I made my way down to the store and held it in person, it turned out to be the perfect size for me. With all the features they packed in, they really knocked this one out of the park. 
I'm going to give you guys another fun thing to comment on in this one. I'm going to admit that I have small hands. <laughs> so that's the reason why I prefer the Note 10 over the Note 10 Plus. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. The Note 10 Plus is still one of my favorite devices of the year, but I went for the smaller Note 10 because it bucked the trend. The Note 10 Plus is still awesome with that. Uh, what was the what was it called? The Aurora or rather that that crazy color that it had. I can't remember off the top of my head. But when you compare that to the Note 10 in that awesome red color, I mean, you just can't deny the Note 10, at least in my opinion. Foldables are not going to catch on unless they deliver a small, full-featured smartphone that can unfold into a larger screen. Because small phones is what the market demands and it isn't being given. Foldables could answer that need, but none of the foldables released to date actually delivers on that need. Yeah, that's kind of true. Uh, we haven't really seen a small form factor device that then becomes something else. You're kind of asking for two devices in one. You want to have one that's a little bit like, let's say, the phones of yesteryear, maybe like a four to five inch uh, screen. Then it becomes a seven or eight inch screen. I, I kind of get where you're coming from with that. That's a lot of engineering, though, and that's a lot of screens for one device and a lot of power that needs to be put into there. You're looking at like a $2,000 to $3,000 device, probably depending on who the manufacturer is. When it comes to foldables, I'm looking forward to the Microsoft Surface Duo. It's intriguing. So yeah, that's obviously how the evolution is going to occur. We have foldable phones, but then it becomes foldable tablets, foldable laptops, perhaps, foldable just big displays, I guess. So all of the surfaces that you're used to watching things like this on are going to end up being foldable or at least flexible or anything like that. Um, so who knows? Maybe in 2020, we're going to see some radical changes in more than just smartphones. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it, to be honest, but I don't know if... It will really replace anything until we go maybe even two to three more years down the line when the foldable designs uh, prove themselves and become, let's say, more common. And then I just want to end this one with another fine episode. Looking forward to next week's thank you. No, thank you. I know that the show has gone through a lot of changes in this past year, and I'm really grateful for all of you who have stuck around to watch me as the host of the Pocket Now Weekly. I know that uh, we have a lot of things to look forward to in 2020, and I look forward to reporting on them or giving commentary or just talking with all of you uh, using this show here on Pocket Now. And I want to give a big thanks to Jaime Rivera and the team over at Pocket Now for still entrusting me with this show. I'm going to do my best to really make it uh, bigger and better in 2020. All right, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and call it on the final episode of the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast for 2019. Thank you so much for listening or watching on the YouTube side. As far as the question of the episode is concerned, you can get into the comment sections down below and let me know what your resolutions of 2020 are. It could be tech-related. It could be anything. Honestly, let's just have a fun conversation as we get into this new year, this new decade. Um, and yeah, uh, look forward to our next episode, which will probably be a look forward to CES 2020. Um, I mean, it's going to be happening just a day or two after I release that episode, so you can look forward to that. It's a crazy time. Everyone's already stressed out about it, including myself, but thankfully Las Vegas is pretty local to me, so I'm not quite so stressed about traveling there. But in any case, that will do it for this episode. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, don't forget to follow Pocket Now at Pocket Now on all the social medias. Jaime Rivera's links are in the description down below. And of course, you can follow me across all social media as well. And with that said, we're going to say goodbye to 2019 and hello to 2020, and we will see you in our next episode.